0: Welcome to the Get to the Point podcast, a podcast for busy women who want to have real conversations about fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle, but without rambling or wasting time. Let's get to the point. Hey guys, welcome to episode 20 of the Get to the Point podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Ann, and in this episode, we're going to tackle the phrase that I'm sure you have heard everyone you know in the fitness and nutrition industry tell you at some point, and that is that you cannot out-train a bad diet. This episode is part of our 30 days of fat loss lifestyle series that I'm doing all December long to help you guys finish 2019 strong and to get you moving in the right direction before the new year starts. We are running the first round of fat loss lifestyle school starting January 6th. It's going to be an onslaught. But what we don't want to happen is for everybody that's kind of out there in our community who wants to work with us in the new year to be sitting on the sidelines and not doing anything until the program starts. There are things you can be doing now. Um if nothing else, you can be learning and and starting to get your mindset in the right place and you know rewire some habits and some thoughts and some behaviors before you start the program. So that's really one of the reasons why we're doing this series in December and I hope you guys are loving it so far. It sounds like you are based on the things I'm hearing um in response to the emails and and DMs and things. So this podcast episode I think is going to be really helpful because I'm going to dig into the the why behind this phrase that you hear all the time from those of us who are are trainers and coaches when we say you can't out-train a bad diet. So before I go any further, I have to tell you that I was one of these people. Um, For years, I tried to just burn as many calories as possible on the elliptical trainer and group fitness classes before really doing the hard work of understanding how to fuel my body for First of all, fat loss, and second of all, for my activity level, um, I did Weight Watchers, I did the Atkins diet, I did the South Beach diet, I did you know every possible crazy diet you can think of. Just like many of you listening to this podcast episode, um, until I finally came to terms with the fact that I was never going to feel good or get any real results from the time I was spending in the gym. Unless I finally stopped doing all of these mainstream off-the-shelf diet programs and really learned how to fuel my body for the results that I wanted, both in my performance and in the way that my body looked. So let's talk about some possible outcomes that you might be experiencing if you are trying to do this. Let's say you haven't yet started working on your nutrition. You're still um, just trying to attack it with exercise. Um, And and maybe you haven't decided to do either yet. Maybe you are just in information gathering mode and this is something you're thinking about doing in the new year. You haven't started exercising yet. You haven't made changes to your nutrition yet. If that's you and you're listening to this, my my advice to you is to listen to what I'm about to say so that you get started on the right foot. You don't make this classic mistake that we've all made um, who've gone before you, including myself. So First of all, a possible outcome, if you start with exercise and you don't address your diet, the first possible outcome that I think a lot of people run into is that they simply do not enjoy exercise. In fact, it feels like they're dying. This is gonna happen like on an hourly basis in the gym in January when all these new people come flooding into the gym, they start signing up for classes, they start signing up for training sessions, and I guarantee you that whatever time you were in the gym, if you look around, you're going to see some new person who is on the struggle bus and feels like they are dying and you know they're just never going to exercise again because of how they feel right now. That is what happens when you go from zero to 60, from being on your couch watching Netflix at night to going to the gym and trying to put yourself through an hour-long group fitness class or an hour-long training session, and you don't have the fuel to back it up it feels like you are dying. You can't breathe, your muscles are burning, you're out of breath, and you can't really do a lot of the things that you're being shown in the class or in your training session simply because you don't have the energy to do those things. Um, So I think this is something that a lot of people do when they decide they're going to get in shape Is they go sign up for a gym membership. They throw themselves in the deep end. They do way too much too soon without fixing their diet first. And they just have a really miserable first uh, impression of fitness and exercise. And I don't know about you, but I don't think a lot of people continue doing things that feel terrible. So this is Just increasing the likelihood that you're going to be another one of those statistics who you know, people that buy the gym membership and then buy, I think the date is February 13th. I think that's what we call the fitness cliff in the fitness industry. It's that date that most people who start in January have already dropped off and stopped coming to the gym. They might not cancel their membership yet. They'll let it drip for a few more months. And the gym is happy to keep taking your money. By the way, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to say anything as long as you're paying them. They don't care. (laughs) But, um, you know, around February or so. So what is that like five to six weeks? if you're lucky and I I don't think you're gonna make it that long if you go into these training sessions without the proper fuel in your body. So that's the first outcome is that you just have a terrible experience in the gym with exercise because you haven't fueled your body properly and that makes you want to quit, you don't wanna keep going. Number two, the reason you, know, you don't wanna start with exercise is because exercise increases your appetite, and that just kind of makes sense, right? You're doing more movement, you're doing more activity, you're expending more energy, so naturally your body is going to ask for more fuel. Your appetite is going to increase, and depending on the type of exercise you do and the amount that you do, it could also increase your cravings as well. And obviously if you're someone who's trying to lose weight and trying to lose body fat, Increased hunger and cravings are public enemies number one and two. You do not want more of those things if you are trying to get and stay in a calorie deficit to lose some body fat, okay? So exercise, going right after that, going right for that without, you know, attacking the diet first, you're you're kind of putting the cart before the horse and you're making a bad situation worse, um, to, you know, attack one cliche with some more cliches, um, exercise increases your appetite. And if you're already unsure of how to eat and how to get yourself in a smart, conservative calorie deficit that is required for weight loss, and you start ramping up exercise without having that dialed in first, you're already not in a calorie deficit. That's why you're not losing weight. And now you're, you know, maybe burning a few hundred calories in the gym, but it's very easy to eat a few hundred calories. And You know, when you are very hungry, when you are craving the wrong types of foods, it's very easy to knock out those calories that you burned in the gym in one meal. And that is what happens. And again, this is just going to put you in that cycle where um, you are exercising, it doesn't feel good, and you're not getting any results. You're not getting any return on investment for all the time that you're putting in because, the activity that you're doing is just making you eat more food, more of the wrong types of food. So that's the second possible outcome that could happen if you don't start with nutrition and you go right to exercise first. Another possible outcome is the exercise creates a halo effect. And that's a term used in marketing, psychology, etc., where you know, we as humans like to kind of pat ourselves on the back and think we've done something very virtuous, very good if we exercise or if we buy um, a, a packaged food that has buzzwords on it like all natural and organic and gluten-free. Um, we're more likely to overeat that food because it comes in this natural-looking package and has all these pretty fancy marketing buzzwords on it. We're more likely to you know, treat ourselves. It's that treat show self mentality. We're more likely to do that after we go to the gym and we work out. We look at our, our Fitbit, our, our Polar Watch, our Apple Watch, and oh man, it just burned 600 calories in that class. I deserve a treat. I have done so well. Um, I'm going to go treat myself. And one treat, I mean, it, it's a treat food. So that you know very it's very nature means it's going to be a food that's pretty high in calories otherwise it's not a treat like I don't think you're going to go treat yourself with a grilled chicken salad and some broccoli you're going to have a cupcake you're going to have a donut you're going to have some you know sugary coffee drink from Starbucks and there goes your calorie deficit that you just created in that workout but in your mind you've earned it and you've you know burned all these calories and Another thing I'll tell you is that all these fitness trackers we're all wearing they aren't 100% accurate. Um because I'm sitting here on a podcast, I'm sitting in a chair recording this podcast, but because I talk with my hands, I'm not kidding you, I'm going to look at my polar watch after this podcast is over and it's going to look like I've been out walking around the block. My step count is going to go up just because I've been sitting here moving my hands a lot cuz I talk with my hands. So Don't assume that all of the numbers you see on your your fitness tracker are 100% accurate. It's very easy for those numbers to overestimate the number of calories that you're burning. And again, there goes that halo effect. Oh, look at how good I've done. I'm going to treat myself. And boom, there's your calorie deficit completely gone. So those are three possible outcomes that are very likely, that are they're probably going to happen if you go after body change by just exercising first without looking at your nutrition first. I will also say it's very hard to do the exercise first and then come back in later and fix the diet. Um, and that's, that's what I did. That's what a lot of people do. Um, they start exercising by some miracle of the universe. They don't feel like they're dying. They actually want to come back and do it more. Um, This happens a lot in group fitness because it is such an energy high. The music's playing and the instructor is so motivating and you're with a group of people. and It's really easy for people to get kind of sucked into that and for it to be more habit forming and to be something they're more likely to stick with than just going and getting on an elliptical trainer by themselves or signing up for a session with a trainer, all right? There's a much lower barrier to entry to group fitness, so more people kind of go through that door, and I see this happen a lot. I've been teaching group fitness classes since, ooh, 2007, and um, it, instructors, too. It's not just the members. It's us as instructors. This was this was my story. Um, I had no idea how to feel my body for my workouts, and I probably spent the first several years of my teaching career and certainly when I was just a member, um, really spinning my wheels and also feeling pretty miserable during and after classes and and workouts because I had no idea how to fuel my body for what I was doing. Um, And it's just, it's really hard to go back and fix it later because um, a lot of things get ingrained in your mind about, you know, what you think is correct and what you think you need and how many calories you think you've burned. And it just, yeah, it's much, much easier if you start with nutrition and then layer in the workouts after that. So that's what I'm going to walk you through right here. This is the method that we use in Fat Loss Lifestyle School. And I actually just had a testimonial from one of our clients come through this week. Um, She is in her early 60s she's a professional chef she's awesome um and she sent me a message that said since she did fat loss lifestyle school with us in october she's now down 4 inches on her waist i think she said 3 inches around her hips and butt she started with nutrition we added the walking movement and then she said i you know just recently got a membership at planet fitness i've been coming in and she started with some non impact cardio so like uh, i think she's doing the rowing machine and and something else i can't remember but you know just slowly easing her way into exercise and then she said i'm now making an appointment with a trainer so i'm going to start strength training so it's amazing how how much easier and more enjoyable and how much better it felt for her to go through this process because she started with nutrition first then we layered in some movement then she added in actual exercise. And then she, you know, did a little bit of light cardio first, and then she's going to add the strength training on top of that. So, I mean, her results already have been fantastic. And when she adds, you know, a formal training schedule, especially with strength training, it's going straight to the moon. Like her results are going to skyrocket. I cannot wait to hear back from her in a few months um, to see how she's changed. But You know, and that's, hey, that's also coming from a woman who is postmenopausal. And um, I know we have women of all ages who listen to this podcast 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And it is something I hear every day in my inbox. Um, You know, I'm this many years old, I'm stuck. I'm this many years old, I'm gaining weight. And a lot of us think that, you know, our age is an excuse or a barrier or a reason why we can't get results. So, let that be an encouragement to you that that is 100% not true. Even if you're a woman who is in her 40s, 50s, and 60s, um, that does not mean that you cannot lose body fat and you cannot get results if you do it the smart way that I'm going to lay out for you right now and also what we're going to teach you in Fat Loss Lifestyle School. So um, just to walk you through what we do, we start with nutrition first. The first two weeks of Fat Loss Lifestyle School are focused solely on teaching you the basics of nutrition. In fact, I think the first video lesson in our portal is called Nutrition 101, <laughs> and we're just teaching you basic things like these foods are proteins, these foods are carbs, these foods are fats. Um, here's you know, how you can build a meal to include all three macronutrients in the right ratios for fat loss. Um, and we're not telling you exactly what foods to eat, but we are educating you about what foods fall into what category. And for a lot of people, that alone is a game changer because they've gotten so much bad information from the internet and various places that they're so confused they don't even know how to build a meal with all the right pieces um, for anything, let alone you know, to fuel their bodies to, lose body fat build lean muscle etc so that's what we teach first and we have accountability coaches on hand in every single team the teams are nice and small they're capped around 25 to 30 women in each group so everyone gets feedback you get two weeks to practice and two weeks to focus just on your meals figuring out what you like figuring out what works for you do you like more? Do you do better on more carbs or more fat? And if so, what kinds of each? So this is the process. It's two weeks to just learn about what works for you and just learn nutrition. We're not even gonna talk about workouts and exercise in those first two weeks, but we are gonna have you start doing a daily walk. And this is something that a lot of women start doing when they follow us on social media because they see us talking about it all the time and they might not know why they're doing it yet, but they're like, well, this... This girl I follow on Instagram, who is a fat loss nutrition coach, says that walking is good for fat loss. So I'm going to start doing it. And instantly they start to feel better. They start to sleep better. Their stress levels go down. Their appetite goes down. Their cravings go down. And like the light comes on. They understand why walking is so important. So that's what we're going to add um, in the first, you know, right out of the gate, like the first day of the program, we want you out there walking. And that doesn't have to happen all at once. We know y'all are busy. If you need to break it up into little walks throughout the day, hey, I do that too. But we need to get you moving. And here's why. You might want to write this down. What I'm about to say, you may not have heard before, and it's it's probably going to blow your mind a little bit. Not because I'm like so profound, but because um, just not a lot of people talk about this and Um, This is something that I was kind of uh, had my eyes opened to earlier this year with an advanced training that I went to on metabolism. So um, understand that most of the calories that your body burns each day do not come from workouts. They come from your resting metabolic rate, otherwise known as your basal metabolic rate. Whatever you're doing right now, listening to this podcast, hey, if you're out walking, cool, but you could just be like sitting in your car. You could be sitting at a desk, laying on the couch, whatever, even though you're not doing anything, you're just listening to me, you are still burning calories. Your body requires energy for respiration, for your circulatory system to pump blood through your body, for your brain to function, for your eyes to open and close, for your body to digest your food. All of those things require calories. And there are so many ways to, you know, you can go online and Google like resting metabolic rate calculator. And and that'll get you a pretty good estimate of what that number is. There are tests that you can go have done. I I actually did that a couple years ago here in North Carolina. I went over to Duke university. There was a college student who I think was doing a study and uh, she needed volunteers and people to come in so she could do resting metabolic rate testing on them. And the number that she gave me very closely matched the number that I got from these free online calculators. So that's a really good number to know because once you know that, You understand kind of ballpark what you're dealing with. Some people have no idea that their body is burning calories, even though they are not exercising. And so, you know, in their mind, they have to do all this exercise to burn calories. And again, that's what fuels this mentality that you have to go do tons of exercise and tons of cardio to lose weight. You actually don't. Once you understand how many calories you're burning just by being alive, you're going to see oh, wow, I don't actually need to go due to group fitness classes back-to-back. That's actually kind of stupid. <laughs> yes, it is, There's so many reasons. But we'll get into that later, that's another podcast. Um, understand what your resting metabolic rate is, okay? And then, okay, that, so that's the biggest chunk, all right? If I was doing like a pie chart, if this was not audio, if you were watching me do this presentation, I would put a big pie chart up and I would show you that a big chunk of your daily calories, that most of that pie is basal metabolic rate. There's another slice of the pie called your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. That's all the calories that you burn each day moving around, like walking from your car to your office, um, going grocery shopping, going to Target, walking your dog around the neighborhood, like all that moving, that is NEAT. And that also counts, that also burns calories. And this is just walking. This isn't strenuous. You're not breaking a sweat. You're just moving. And this is a really, um, I think, overlooked factor for a lot of people. They don't understand how powerful meat is. Um, The cool thing about meat is that it does not have the same compensatory reactions that exercise does. Remember how I said at the beginning of the podcast that exercise makes you more hungry? Exercise can trigger cravings. Walking doesn't do that. So walking can actually have the opposite effect. And this is something we see in our clients all the time. They start walking and miraculously, their cravings for sugar, their evening cravings, their afternoon cravings start to go down. Their sleep starts to improve. Um, they just feel more clear-headed. They have better energy because they're taking these little breaks throughout the day to go and walk. So movement is extremely powerful. And again, it's taking another big chunk out of this pie. Most of it is your resting metabolic rate. Some of it is neat that non-exercise activity. And then a little bit of it, a little bit of your daily calories burned comes from uh, the calories that your body burns up to, to digest and, and, you know, process the food that you eat. That's called the thermic effect of food that burns calories too. Not a lot, but some, and then there's one more sliver of the pie chart left and that is exercise. Okay. And it's a pretty small sliver. If you exercise an hour every day, and most of you don't, and I don't even exercise, formally exercise an hour every single day. I, I train like five days a week for an hour, but I don't do it every day. Um, you know, if you're only exercising two or three days a week and you're not paying attention to things like your meat, your movement, you're really not making that big of a dent in your your calorie deficit that's required for fat loss, okay? So understand these numbers understand that exercise really isn't this huge dial mover that you think it is, and you'd be much better off looking at your diet and learning how to create the calorie deficit there. And P.S., that doesn't mean starving yourself to death. I'll talk about that in a minute. But creating the calorie deficit first through your nutrition, adding a little bit of movement, that alone. We have in the midweek check-in point in Fat Loss Lifestyle School, after two weeks, just doing nutrition and just adding walking, people start losing body fat. They start dropping inches. They start dropping pounds. They start feeling better, sleeping better, energy better, all that good stuff. Then we can layer in the workouts. Okay. So little by little baby steps, take the, take the biggest thing first, the nutrition, and let's dial that in. Then let's add some movement. It's easy. It's free. Um, it's not going to make you more hungry or trigger cravings. And then, then we will layer in the training. And notice I said training and not exercising. This is something I'm going to do a whole other podcast episode on because I'm getting lots of questions from you guys about this. Um, But what is the difference between training and exercising? Um, Why do we need a, a program to follow? Why should we have a strength training program and not be going on Instagram and just scrolling to find a workout of the day that looks fun? You can do that, sure, but I mean, you have limited time. You're a busy woman. You don't have unlimited time to piddle around in the gym and do things that don't matter, am I right? I mean, if if it's fun and you have unlimited time and you don't have to be anywhere, You can spend all day there doing whatever you want, but most women I work with are not in that category. They need to get in. They need to get out. They need it to be effective and efficient, and they want to see results. Okay. So that's going to be another podcast episode, but we call it training (laughs) for a reason. We're not just talking exercise. It's not what I mean. All right. If you haven't already, check out episode 17 where I interview my friend Noah Gabriel Landis about strength training for women and how important it is to have a program. That'll kind of tide you over until I get that episode done. Okay. But we're going to do, we're going to keep the movement going. We're going to layer in some strength training, some resistance training, training with body weight, dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, starting where you are. And then over time, progressive overload, um, you know, a, an actual strength training program and then a little bit of cardio. It's all you need. Once you have the diet dialed in, you need to spend far less time at the gym. Your time at the gym is going to be more enjoyable because you actually have the fuel and the energy to do the workout. and you're gonna see results faster. It's I mean it just accelerates your your results even more and you start to see the muscle definition. Uh, you know you're, it's just it's it's so cool when you do it in the right order, okay? So just to recap, nutrition first, then add movement, then add training. When you do it this way, you're going to, you know, go around all those roadblocks that people run into when they make the mistake of starting with exercise first and thinking that they can just keep eating whatever they want on the side and just kind of like out train it in the gym. Um, I didn't even talk about this, but another possible outcome from doing that is, you know, because you are eating so poorly, you tell yourself you need to do so much more exercise and then you get injured. That's something I see a lot of too. And I'm sure there are some of you out there listening who have experienced that yourself where you tried to outrun your diet and you ran so many miles, so many days in a row. And that's what you were using to keep your, your weight in check that once you got injured and you couldn't work out anymore, you couldn't run anymore. The pounds piled on. All right. That's another reason you don't want to start with exercise. You want to start with diet. Okay. So hopefully I've convinced you, hopefully if you are somebody out there thinking about starting to get in better shape and change your body and get healthier in 2020, you're going to start with nutrition. The First round of 2020, Fat Loss Lifestyle School starts on January 6th. Registration is opening in mid-December. And the coaches and I are already joking that it's gonna be an onslaught. Like it's the the wait list is already bigger than it has ever been. So make sure you're on our email list. You'll get first crack at those registration spots when they open on December 13th, and we can help you figure this out and do it in the right order so you can stick with it, so you get the results that you want, and you don't have to be somebody who's out there in the gym killing yourself and not having anything to show for it. And that's why you cannot out-train a bad diet. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I'll see you again soon.